Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about just about everything here on this show, including your story. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. That's OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And if you like what you're listening to, sign up for our podcast, subscribe, and that's right there on the website as well at OurAmericanStories.com. Today we have Winter Persapio, an author from Texas, bringing us a story from a moment of motherhood. She writes essays about motherhood and is currently a humor columnist for her local daily. Here 
is her story entitled Curls. It takes a full 20 minutes to comb through her curls. I sedate the riot of hair with handfuls of slick conditioner and sit just outside the tub on her yellow footstool, combing through the long black strands that spring back into ringlets after every pull. I never imagined I'd have patience for this before I had children. When I think back to my life before my daughters arrived, I can't remember doing anything quite so methodical as mothering. Nothing has ever been as demanding of skills I didn't possess. I've never faced so many moments when I was at the end of my rope, where I was driven to shouting at another human being, at my own child, only to apologize later, much too late, much too little. The comb catches in the thick nest of twists and turns, and I pull her hair slightly. She rarely protests when this happens. Genetics must tie the curly hair gene with the tough scalp one. This genetic combination did not include the gene that extends graciousness with curious strangers, however. Her naturally curly hair draws compliments everywhere she goes. Strangers come up to her with hands extended, trying to touch the spirals framing her tiny face and black eyes. Only a few get away with it. Most times, she warns them off with a staunch, No touch! Her arms crisscrossing her head in a protective shield. Still, strangers reach for the curls in restaurants, on sidewalks, in doctor's offices. I'm lucky. I can touch them every day. We sit in the quiet bathroom. She's focused on her floating toys, I on untangling, smoothing. I've become such a different person since I had children. I've become quieter, more careful, more aware of small moments. I'm acutely aware of the chasm between my friends who don't have children and my friends who do. I've leaped the canyon, never sensing the moment my feet were in the air, only a few closest friends jumping with us as honorary aunts and uncles. Now I understand why I never saw people once they had their children, why they stopped calling, how they disappeared into thin air. I recognize the way the strange wild space grew between us with every step their children took, toward solids, toward school, toward adolescence, toward leaving, toward never really being gone. Across the vast chasm, I see my childless friends moving on quickly as I sit here, still sit here, time turning in on itself so I can see both ends of it, beginnings and endings, all wrapping around my fingers. I risk a higher starting point on her head, thinking I've worked out most of the knots. But it's no good. I'm back to the thick tangle, prying the teeth of the comb with it. She turns, looking for something. The cloth has slipped back in the tub. I hand it to her wordlessly. She takes it without a glance and returns to her cups that need filling. My father, a veteran of many wives, always said he would never marry a woman who hadn't had children. They are too selfish, he said. And I wondered, as a single woman in those days, how selfish I was. When he married a woman with three young daughters, my stepsisters, I wondered if he would be able to share her with them. I leaned back for a moment, feeling the dull burn in my back, and cleaned the comb out. The fine black hair, slick with the conditioner but still twisting, coats my fingers as I brush them off onto a paper towel. 
Stretched out, a single curl is long enough to reach her waist, yet it will bounce back to her shoulder when it's dry. I've never had her hair cut, nervous that the metal will somehow break the bonds of this miracle flowing from her crown. Before they were born, I never really noticed children before. Now when I meet them, as I'm out on my own, in an office when someone brings her son, in the store when four-year-olds abounds into my path, I stop purposely. I kneel before them, look into their eyes and say hello. They smile, usually, recognizing some universal quality I've gained. Or maybe I just look silly, crouching like a frog. All the tangles are out, and I take great pleasure in running the comb through her hair again and again, separating strands into perfect spirals. She looks up at me. All done? No. Never. Yes, baby. All done. And great job on that piece by Faith. As always, she did great work here. And a special thanks also to Winter Prosapio, and she's an author from Texas. And my goodness, just what sweet, sweet and precious and detailed storytelling. And that is the thing about motherhood and fatherhood. It is real details you start to pay attention to. And patience, well, that's the skill none of us really have and the skill that gets tested most. I was acutely aware of the chasm between friends who had children and friends who didn't, and it's true. It's just so different how you have to reorient your life around these people of yours, these little ones of yours. Nothing has ever been as demanding of skills I didn't possess. People always ask me, I'm just not, am I ready yet? And I always tell young people, you're never ready. You're just never ready. I didn't have a child till I was almost 40, and I wasn't ready until I was. The story of Winter Persapio's daughter, Mother Bond. And, well, fathers and sons and fathers and daughters know these bonds too. Here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. is our American stories and we tell stories of all kinds here on the show. One of my favorite kinds is telling immigrant stories because I knew the story of my Lebanese grandparents and the story of my Sicilian grandparents and how they came here and a lot about their passage. And these stories mean a lot to all of us here on the show and hopefully to you. And send your stories to OurAmericanStories.com, particularly your immigration stories if you have them or they're part of your family heritage and frankly they're a part of almost every American family's heritage. Today's feature is about a man who grew up in Africa, 
was adopted by a loving family, made his way to the United States, and is now giving back in perhaps the most selfless way. Here's Peter Mutabatsi with his story. I grew up in a small village at the border of Uganda and Rwanda. Like most people there, I had no idea what life was like beyond 50 miles. My family could never afford daily rations of food. We grew our own, many beans, peas, and sweet potatoes that would carry the family for a few months out of the year. I began helping my mother garden at just four years old. We did not have running water or clean water nearby, so us kids had to walk two to three hours to fetch drinking water for the family. Poverty was all we knew, and there was never any time to be a kid. Life was absolutely miserable in every way. We never had anything in our lives that gave us an ounce of hope. Without enough food or even a penny to go to school, dreams or fantasy did not exist. We lived in constant survival mode. My family in particular was one of the poorest in the village. I never had a pair of shoes until when I was 16 years old. Our house was about 30 by 30 feet, so there was not much room. I never had more than two shirts or a mattress to sleep on. We kept warm by sleeping close together. On the ground, the oldest sibling slept on the side and the youngest inside so we could keep our little ones warm. As the oldest, I had to grow up really fast. By the age of seven, I could do what adult did. Prepare meals, walk two to three hours to fetch water, help my mother in the garden, clean the house and animal den, and babysit my young siblings. At the age of four, I began to realize that my father was different from other fathers. Everything about how he talked, walked, and looked commanded a lot of respect and instilled fear in the house. If my father was home, I had to find a place to hide, making sure he did not see my face. I never had any kind words from him. Every day, he told me he wished I was dead. And to him, I deserved nothing good in life. His words cut through my heart and spirit to the point where I began to believe I was good for nothing. Less than an animal, as he said. The reality of poverty told me that, but it was always worse to hear it from my own father. In addition to verbal abuse, he often hit us and denied us food. Worst of all was watching my mother beaten daily. She tried hard to protect us and intervene, but she did not have power in the face of his wrath. I never looked forward to tomorrow because I always knew the abuse of tomorrow would return the next day. As I grew older, the abuse became worse, and it was clear to me that any day could be my last. He was, at some point, going to take my life. One night, when I was 10 years old, I remember my father sending me to get cigarettes. It was late in the night. On my way back, it was pouring rain 
and the cigarettes got destroyed. I knew that if I returned home, I would have to endure severe beatings. I was terrified. So instead of coming home, I decided to run away. I had never been more than 20 miles away from my village. And I walked to the bus station and I asked one of the women there, which bus goes the farthest? I needed to find a place where he could never find me. So there I went with no shoes, one shirt, one sweater, and a pair of shorts. At just 10 years old, I ventured into the unknown world all alone. When the bus stopped, I found myself in the largest city in Uganda, Kampala, over 300 miles away from my home. I was scared to death. They spoke a different language, and life there was busy. In my village, I saw about one car a day, but here there were hundreds of cars and commotion was ceaseless. I quickly realized there was no turning back. I found other kids who lived on the streets, and I learned how to survive. I learned that offering free labor for buyers and sellers of product was my best bet. Working hard has always been in my DNA. It was easy for me to do things. As a street kid, we knew how to make ends meet. It was the easiest to steal a few items of food in small amounts so people would not notice. At the end of the day, we would gather all the stolen food. We had corrected and roasted them over a fire once the city went to sleep. On one particular day, I offered labor for a family. They immediately gave me food. They gave it to me before I could even steal it. A few days later, I saw them again. At this point, I knew what car they drove, what time they came to the market, where they parked, and what produce they purchased. Little did I know that this one day would be the starting of an amazing friendship that would change my life forever. For a year and a half, they constantly came to the market and provided me with meals. After a year in, they said, we want to take you to school. I said yes, not really sure what I was agreeing to. Coming from an abusive house, I had never really learned to trust. But because they had fed me once or twice a week for such a long time, I started to believe that perhaps I really was a human after all. Not an animal, or piece of garbage, as I had been told time and time again. They made me feel like I had potential. I was at the lowest point in my life, and they found me worth enough to give me an opportunity to belong, to be known. One other major reason why I agreed to go to school was because I was promised to be fed every day. I could not imagine a world or a place that had food for me on a daily basis. Finally, I agreed to go to school, not because I wanted to be anything, but because of the promise of the meal. Due to the compassion of the strangers, I was able to go to high school, college, and then got a scholarship to study in the United Kingdom and the United States. And here's how it changed for me. You know, I had never heard words of affirmation from my dad and as I moved in with his family it truly began to change my life you know I had words like Peter you're special 
Peter, you matter. Peter, you have a potential to be who you want to be. Peter, you're brave for the life you've walked. And I think through those words, I truly began to have the sense of that I belonged somewhere, but also a sense that I was somebody. And that really, really changed my life. And you're listening to Peter Mudabatsi, and he's telling his story about life in Africa and ultimately escaping a brutal father and a brutal poverty, the two of which ground him down to feel, well, less than human, perhaps even less than an animal. And to hear words like, you're special and you matter from total strangers who adopted him. Oh, there's no more act of mercy and beauty imaginable in this world than what these strangers did for Peter and what Peter was about to do for other strangers, for other children. When we come back, more of this beautiful story, Peter Mutabatsi's story, here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in our lives, big ones and small ones. If we keep them bottled up, boy, that can be a real problem. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I know people who've profoundly benefited from therapy, learning everything from coping skills to setting boundaries in their life. You don't have to have experienced major trauma to benefit from therapy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's safe. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OAS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash OAS. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OAS. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. And we're back with Our American Stories and with Peter Mutabatsi's story. In Africa, Peter ran away from his family because of his abusive dad. He was adopted by a family, went to college, and then moved to America. Here's Peter with the rest of his story. My goal in life has always been to help other kids, to provide a place for them to feel safe and loved. And so one day I was working for uh, the International Committee of Red Cross in Geneva, helping kids and refugees. And I approached one little boy who was there, and he was an American helping. And so he got to know about me, and he said, Hey, Peter, uh, if you had an opportunity to go to the United States or go study abroad, would you like to go? And I said, Absolutely. And so as soon as he went back, he applied for a scholarship for me. And that's how I managed to go to study in England and come to the United States. Since then, I've traveled to 101 countries, working with World Vision, a Christian humanitarian organization, to advocate for children in need all over the world. The kindness of one family changed the course of my entire life. And I knew in my heart that I wanted to do the same for others, that I wanted to become a foster dad. I finally settled in Oklahoma to start real estate business after having a job that required me to travel 80% of the time. My house had two empty bedrooms, and my mind could never settle knowing there were kids in the neighborhood that I needed a place to call home. But as a single man, I had no idea if they would allow me to foster. I had devoted my life to saving children in need, but it had always been from a distance, through advocacy. This time around, I truly wanted to get my hands dirty and do exactly what that family did for me. I had no home, hope, future, and they gave me all that I needed and more. I knew I wanted to do the same for other kids I knew how broken these kids were, moving from one place to the next. I had walked those roads before, and I surely knew I could understand what they were going through. I knew I had to love, and I had to be there for them. 
So one day I decided to walk into the foster agency to see if they needed volunteers. When I chatted with the lady there, she asked me if I was interested in fostering. I said, yes, but I'm a single man. Her immediate response was, so? I was overjoyed. I had no idea that a single man could take on these responsibilities. That very day, I signed up to be a foster dad. And just four months later, I had my first placement. This journey has been full of tears of joy. It has taught me not to judge the parents of those children, but to understand them. It's been comforting knowing that I'm there for their kids as they sort their lives out. I thought reunifying kids to their parent was going to be easy, but it truly left a heart shattered to pieces. Still in the end, I'm so happy to see the children reunited with their parents that love them. It's always the greatest joy to get that phone call a week in, a month in, on birthdays to remind me what impact I've made on their lives. It has not been easy journey, especially when my placement have been with kids between two and five years old. Having an extra pair of eyes would have been helpful. It's almost impossible to go anywhere without the kids since I have no one to watch them for me. I'm always on my toes from the time they get up to the time they go to bed. In the training, we were taught not to read too much into the behaviors, but rather find the root cause of it. This requires a lot of patience and learning. Each child comes with different behaviors, and there was no warning as to when or how that time bomb will go off. I was always okay if this massive tantrum went off at home, but not in the store, in the school, or at the restaurant. People who did not know anything about you or your children always looked at you as the worst parent. At first, it bothered me, but after my third child, I thought, well, this is what you get. No apologies. I knew I no longer had to feel guilty about things I could not control. These kids have gone through what most adults have not gone through in their entire lifetime. They are all looking for someone to understand them, someone to hear them out, someone to comprehend their behaviors when they have no idea how to control or describe them. I find that most of the time, you don't have to understand them. You just have to love them as who they are. And in so doing, they will let us know what they are feeling and how we can help them. It's a beautiful thing. Recently, I went through with the full adoption process for my oldest. It's been a whole different journey with different emotions. One side, it's hard to know that my child has been rejected over and over by his own family and then other families. It's hard to imagine how that has affected him, his mind and emotions. But on the other side, it's a blessing knowing he is mine forever. That despite the messy journey ahead of us, I'll be there to pick up the pieces with kindness and love. Most people say he is lucky to have me. 
But I believe I'm the one lucky one. He's shown me how to love and care best and how to set my priorities right in life. As a kid, I didn't have someone who loved me. As a kid, I didn't have someone who would tell me the words of affirmation to encourage me that I had done something good, to remind me that I was a good kid, or even to tell me that I mattered. And that has been my, my job, to help kids understand that they are seen, heard, and they are known. What a beautiful story. That's Peter Mudabasi. And you can check out all that Peter's trying to do with foster children at nowiamknown.com. That's nowiamknown.com. There you can buy yourself and a foster child a stuffed animal with encouraging messages on them. Again, that's nowiamknown.com. And storytelling doesn't get more beautiful than this. And what a sacrificial offering. What a thing to do for a stranger. He said he had two empty bedrooms in his home and that it was really troubling him because they should be filled. And by the way, the amount and number, sheer number of empty bedrooms in this country, well, that should be filled. And if this story can inspire anyone listening to fill that empty bedroom up, uh, tell us that story if you do it, if you've known anybody who's done it, because so many of the problems we know in this country come from kids with no parents. We know this, and especially for people of faith who are listening. We know what generosity looks like and what grace looks like, because you just heard it. And this person isn't even necessarily, we don't know, we didn't hear about any faith walk. So for anyone listening, uh, of course, give to nowiamknown.com. But my goodness, even better, what would touch Peter? Adopt a kid. Foster a kid. Peter Mutabatsi's story, the story of so many remarkable Americans who do this kind of work, who adopt, who love total strangers, and just love them. And longing for love is what he was talking about, that longing for love that he said all kids have, let's face it, all human beings have. Peter Mutabatsi's story here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is Our American Stories, and as you know, we tell stories about everything here on this show. And some of our favorite stories, well, they're about history. And today, Faith brings us some law history from the state of Texas. Take it away, Faith. If you have traveled much to Europe or any other country outside the U.S., you will see history dates from times like the 12th and 13th century. And it soon becomes clear that America is actually a quite young country in comparison With that being said, we owe much of our jurisprudence, that is, our law systems, to other countries and the people that came from them to the U.S. While the U.S. adopted English common law when becoming its own country, Texas was a bit different when they became a state because of the Spanish influence they had. Two of the laws that the Spanish brought over to Texas greatly impacted women's rights and freedoms. There was a time, unfortunately, not terribly long ago in our history that women could not own property or have any money of their own. If their husband had debts to pay or owed taxes, the family's home could be seized and taken, leaving the wife and children homeless and helpless. To keep this from happening, the Spanish had brought with them their homestead exemption laws. To help us unpack this long history of homestead laws, we have Dr. Jean Stunts, a professor at West Texas A&M University. It starts back in Spain at the fall of the Roman Empire. There were Visigoths who had come down from the Germany area and settled in the Iberian Peninsula during the Roman Empire. And these were Christian because, of course, the Roman Empire was officially Christian. Then when the Roman Empire fell, these Visigoths were left pretty much unprotected and they splintered into very small little sort of kingdoms all over the place. In the year 711, Muslims from northern Africa invaded Spain, going through the Rock of Gibraltar, and very quickly conquered all of these little scattered kingdoms because they couldn't work together to prevent it. And the Muslims went all the way up through uh, Spain. They crossed the Pyrenees and went into France before they were finally stopped. 
So that was in the year 711. Well, the people living in Spain who were still Christian wanted to take their country back. Well, these guys in Spain would go out and raid the nearest Muslim settlement for women, for jewels, whatever they could find. Gradually, the Christians took over more and more territory until we get to the time of Ferdinand and Isabella when they completely conquer all of the Iberian peninsulas and push the Muslims out. Now, during this time, this seven centuries or so, is when the Spanish legal system developed. And there were towns in Spain, and people lived in towns. They didn't really live out in the countryside. And so you had more artisans and craftspeople there than you might have in other parts of Europe where everybody just made everything themselves. So in Spain, there developed this law, this tradition, that if a man was in debt, you could not take away the tools of his trade. That is, if he was a blacksmith, you could not take his anvil and hammer uh, to pay the taxes, because then how could he raise the money to pay you? How could he survive with his family if you took away the tools of his trade? This became set in stone in Spanish law that no matter how much a man owed, you could not take his home, you could not take the tools of his trade, because to do that would be a ruination for his family, uh, that you would have to find some other way for him to pay his debt. And so that's in Spain. And then we know that Columbus came over to the New World and discovered all the people living here already. Uh, and the Spanish gradually moved northward from Mexico and into Texas. And so for the first hundred or so years of when we have documentation of life in Texas, it was Spanish. And this homestead exemption, as the English-speaking people called it, was recognized as something that worked pretty well. And since a lot of the Anglos coming into Texas had left behind a lot of debts uh, back where they came from, they really liked the fact that their land and their cattle and their tools of their trade could not be taken from them to pay their debts. And so when Texas became a republic, and again when it became a state, they adopted this homestead exemption as rule of law in Texas. And this lasted up until the 20th century, late 20th century, uh, when it was modified by the Texas legislature. If the homestead exemption had not been put in place, and then what happened in the rest of what became the United States, uh, if a man got into too much debt, his land could be seized, his house could be seized, all of his property could be seized, and the family would be turned out penniless, homeless. Uh, and this affected women because married women were not allowed to own their own property uh, under the English common law that the rest of the United States adopted. If a man gambled away his money, it was the women and children who suffered. And of course, women in those days had very little ways of earning money to support themselves. And so the families would fall on desperate times indeed. The other law that Texas had from the Spanish was community property law. This is that whenever there's a husband and wife, anything that is gained in the marriage is split equally between them. And this comes from Spain, because again, with all that sporadic fighting that was going on during those centuries, it became very important for women to have the ability to take care of themselves. And especially as the uh, Christian Spanish slowly took over more and more land, they had to uh, get women to come settle in the new towns that they created. And this was a dangerous area. There was still fighting going on. And so they had to offer the women more and more to get them to move 
into this dangerous area. So they offered things like, well, if you move to this town, we're going to give women, even married women, the right to own their own bakeries. And the money that they make with their bakeries will belong to them and not their husbands. And so some women said, you know, that makes it worthwhile to move to a dangerous area. And so things like this happened, and women gained more and more rights throughout this reconquest of Spain. And so they also developed the community property system, where, as I said, anything that is gained during the marriage belongs to the husband and wife equally. In the rest of Europe, everything belonged to the husband. The wife owned nothing. She had no legal identity. She could not make a contract, so she couldn't own a business. Uh, she couldn't work for anyone because the husband would own her wages. Even women committing crimes, it was the husband who was punished. So that was in the rest of Europe. But in Spain, women had their own rights and responsibilities. And again, this came to Texas um, when the Spanish came to Texas. And it was such a good system for living on a frontier that the Texas legislature kind of thought, you know, maybe we like this. And so during the Republic, even though they said in law that they adopted the English common law, people were saying, no, no, the women still have the right to this property. And what is really fun for a historian, not probably for anybody else, but when I was reading the minutes of the Constitutional Convention that would allow Texas to join the United States in 1845, a lot of these delegates were worried about the debts they had left behind in Georgia and Alabama and so forth when they moved to Texas, because Texas was a different country. So the people they owed money to could not touch them in Texas. And so in Texas, they had been given all these huge tracts of land and they were, you know, flourishing and they did not want those people back in Alabama and Georgia to be able to come take their land to pay off their debts. So there was a lot of hesitation about joining the United States because of this, that they did not want to lose their land. But there was a lawyer, and he became Chief Justice of the Texas Supreme Court named Hemphill, and he had studied Spanish law, and he was at the convention. And so he made this speech, and he says, you know, if we adopt community property law, like Spain had, then they cannot take your land because half of it belongs to your wife and not to you. And so this hushed silence sort of fell over this convention of men who were anxious to keep hold of their own property. And they said, you know, that might work. And so they adopted the community property system to keep their land from going to their creditors. They didn't really care about giving women extra rights or anything because this was the 1840s and they didn't expect women to have any rights. But if they adopted this community property system, then their creditors could not take their land. And so when Texas joined the United States in 1845, it was with community property firmly in place. Homestead exemption and community property laws vary state to state. And the laws originally brought to Texas from the Spanish have been modified in different ways. Although the male lawmakers at the time were not too concerned about women's rights, we can see that these laws in particular greatly impacted women for years to come. And for that, we can thank the Texans. And a special thanks to Dr. Gene Stunts from West Texas A&M University, who gave us the history and the story behind the story of where that law came from. 
great storytelling. And by the way, all of our stories about history are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College. The story of the Texas homestead exemption laws here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 